Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Need a waste management, recycling and skip hire company? Look no further than Algea, Lincolnshire's national and regional award-winning team for all of your waste and recycling needs. We'll score you the best deals in your waste and recycling needs. The only blank you'll draw from us is our zero-to-landfill policy. So call us today on 01724 277 299 or visit lgia.co.uk and be part of the winning team. Okay, welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. It's another In Conversation episode. You've got Brad Mel and Matt Ellis. And today we're talking to Mark Jackson. Now, we've been promising this one for a while and uh, finally glad that's happening. So how are you doing, Mark? Yeah, good. It's uh, finally glad to do it. You know, we've been talking about it for a while now. So, yeah, finally got the time to do it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, now, as ever, we'll sort of go through go through your sort of time at the club. But actually, we have ourselves a bit of an opportunity because you've seen Scunthorpe quite a lot this season through your work with Radio Humberside. So just sort of what have you made of the Iron in general this season? Well, from from, from all the times I've, I've seen them play, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been quite impressed with them uh you know the game the games i've been through the work i've done with uh with humberside uh, i think the last game i was at was uh the, the grimsby game over at grimsby in the local derby obviously a bit of a contrast to the one uh the last game they played but you know i've, I've, I've kind of been impressed with them uh with the way they played a uh, little bit of inconsistencies and things like that but generally the games i've been to have been have been good been good yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned that Grimsby, the away game, so obviously Paul Hurst was still in charge there, and I think we were all saying at the time, you know, that we weren't necessarily getting the results, but the performances were sort of getting there in, in some way. You know, we had quite a lot of players there that were starting to do the business. Was there, I don't know if you'd be able to remember, but is there any that sort of stood out to you? Well, you know, I've, been, I've watched them a few times, and I've always been, I've always been impressed with the wide players, Issa and uh, Gilead, when they've played. Uh, every time I watch them play, I think they're instrumental. To the, to the way the team play, uh, my my only probably uh, criticism of them uh, as as players is that they weren't enough involved enough in the games. Uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a manager, they probably wanted the players like that and influential players like that who are exciting on the ball as well to be to be influencing the game more. Uh, now I know you know since since the games I've watched, you know, Issa scored quite a few goals and if you look at the goals he has scored they're, they're very similar in type of what he can do uh, so you know when you've got creative players and you know positive players like that you know as coaches you want to see them on the ball as much as possible uh, and I'm sure the fans want to see them on the ball as well so you know I, I, I was impressed with them and, and how they played uh, but you know probably one criticism was that they need to be on the ball a little bit more and influencing games a little bit more Obviously you know we watched the team gradually improve under Hurst. And I think that, you know, you're right, Matt, where you say that we look best when we had the wide players on the ball, you know, Gilead and, and East were looking really good. But and then obviously it it came to a bit of an abrupt end, didn't it, when Hurst just, they seemed to, he seemed to part company with club and we were a bit shocked. Um, so, you know, what, what did you think to that? And, you know, how did you assess that situation? 
Well, yeah, it was it was shocking when I saw it. You know, you know, I'm not kind of touching anybody. You know, on a, on a on a kind of daily basis or weekly basis at the club. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit like the, like the fans. You know, watching from afar on on social media and things like that, and obviously following the team uh, with, with the results. But yeah, when I, when I heard the news, I was uh, fairly surprised with it because you know, as, as you said, uh, results weren't always there, but performances seemed to be picking up. Uh, you know, from 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 my time working on the radio, whenever I was there, whenever you know Paul Hurst was doing the uh, the, the post match uh, interviews uh, on the radio, he's he always come across as you know a very likable character, you know, very knowledgeable in his uh, in his assessment of the games and and very honest, you know, and, and he seems to be you know directing the club in the in, in the right way. Yeah, um, and then obviously, so from there we find ourselves with uh, Russ Wilcox in charge at the end of the season. The chairman sort of announced that fairly soon after, and obviously you you'll know Russ. You've sort of worked with him a bit in the past. Um, what what do you what was your relationship like with him? You know, first and foremost, and then sort of what what do you think he'll bring to the club? Sort of either I guess short term or long term if we go back down that route again. Yeah, well, you know, I, I played with Russ, and you know, Russ was the, the assistant manager there under the Brian Laws when I was a player as well. And obviously, like I said, he, he dipped back into the team as well, uh, and, and, and we, we played alongside each other at centre back. So, you know, I, I know Russ really, really well. Uh, you know, and what it's kind of a, probably a no-brainer for the club at the time. You know, to have someone like Russ, you know, working with the young players uh, in the under-23s. Uh, to, to come in and step in and kind of, I don't know whether you would say steady the ship or anything like that, but certainly keep that continuity uh, with the players. You know, someone who's familiar with the players, certainly familiar with, with the young players who are at the club, who, who, who are potentially coming through. And I think recently some of them have come through as well. Uh, you know, you've, you've, got that, you've got that person there who, who knows the club and knows how to play. Knows knows a system system to it and knows the young players as well. So it's it's kind of probably a no-brainer for the club to do that in the, kind of in the short term. And obviously now that's been announced to the end of the season as well. Do you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Do you expect Russ to be here for the long term in terms of in the permanent manager, or do you expect the club to kind of move for somebody with some some new ideas and Russ move back to the under twenty threes? Because obviously we we really have no clue at the minute, and it's it's kind of a big question on a lot of Scunthorpe fans' lips. Yeah, I mean, well, the only man who can, can answer that and his thoughts is 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 a chairman, you know, and what 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 he's thinking, and you know, probably what he's thinking in in, in the short term is that stability, just ensuring that you know there's there's no slide towards the bottom of the league or anything like that, you know, and, and they keep pushing forward and finish as high as high up in the league as they can. Uh, what he's got in his mind, you know, who knows? Everybody everybody's probably in the dark and. You know, I'd be fair to say that probably Russ is as well. You know, he's been asked to do a job, and I'm sure he's 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 got no problem doing that. And and like I said, he'll know the young players coming in. Uh, so one thing is for sure that you know when you when you're bringing young players into a team as well, uh, for them as young players to have that you know familiar face who who work with them day out day in day out on the training ground it will be will be good for them to, to help them settle into the team as well. Uh, but you know, who knows? You know, from for me to say, I, I, I've got no idea. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm like the fans as well. Probably, probably no idea of, of who's going to come in or whether Russ is going to, you know, do do a job and get a run of results. And 
you know, finish the season strong where he might be a candidate there to stay and, and, and take the club forward. Yeah, and then we're gonna we'll come back on to sort of the, the youth players and things like that you've mentioned there towards the end of this conversation, I think, because we've got a few things in mind to ask you yeah. about that. But let's go on to your time with Scunthorpe United. So we're going back to sort of 2000, that's when you first joined. And obviously, you've worked your way up sort of through the ranks at Leeds, you know, having a couple of appearances with their first team, things like that. What what was it that sort of persuaded you to come to Scunthorpe at that time? Well, it was a stage of my career where I'd been at Leeds on my, on my footballing career and, uh, you know, progressed through the ranks and managed to managed to get, you know, a handful of games uh, in, in the first team. And, and to be honest, once you've had that taste of, of, of first-team football, uh, you know, wherever it is, you get you get a bit of a thirst for it. And, you know, my, my view was that, you know, I, I, I dipped back out of the team at, at Leeds and, you know, you've got the reserve team and stuff like that. But once you've had that taste of, of kind of first-team football, it, 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 it's like a bit of a drug to you. You know, you, you like playing in front of crowds and, you know, there's that added pressure on the games. And, you know, I had a, I had a couple of loan spells at Huddersfield and Barnsley. Uh, and I just wanted to play. Uh, that, that that was my view on it, and you know that wasn't happening at Leeds uh, for for whatever, whatever reason. And uh, the opportunity to go to Scunthorpe come about uh, with Brian Laws, and you know, and I was just at a stage in my career where I just wanted to play. I wanted to be part of something where you know you were going out on a Saturday and there was three points at stake, and you know there was league league tables where the you know positions really counted in it. Uh, and I wanted that. I wanted that feeling back. And you know, I took the opportunity to go to Scunthorpe, and you know, it was a it was a good move for me. What was your What was your relationship like with Brian Laws then? Yeah, it was it was good. It was always it was always good. Even even you know, t- towards the end when I left and I was out of the team a little bit, uh, I always I always felt I had a good relationship with Brian. I, you know, I, I was a I want a young player coming in, but you know, I think it's 22 when I when I come. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was a young, probably professional, finding his way in, in first-team football, you know, and he helped me with that and helped me grow into it. And, you know, through a stage at my, uh, during my time at Scunthorpe, I'm, I captained the team as well. So, you know, when when a manager gives you uh, the honour of being a captain of, of his team, then, you know, he must have a little bit of respect for you. So, so uh, our relationship was good, you know, and we, you know, we left on good terms. And, you know, even now when I'm back over there and I bump into Brian, you know, it's always always a pleasure to uh, to catch up with him and talk to him. Yeah, you mentioned sort of obviously becoming captain uh, and things like that. We we actually spoke to Brian uh, recently and one of the sort of big things from, from that was that he was very sort of insistent that to have a successful team, you need a really good spine uh, and that sort of goes all the way from the back, you know, right through. Did did you sort of get that impression from him sort of straight away as you, as you sort of came in in terms of tactics and things like that? Yeah, I think so. You, you know, he was a manager who... Uh... Who wanted his, his leaders on the pitch, and you know, for, for me that was kind of one of the biggest makeups in my game. I thought, you know, I, I was never the most gifted of, of, of players, but you know, I felt I had good leadership qualities uh, both on, on and off the pitch. And you know, I think uh, I think Brian must have seen seen you know potential in me in that that respect, and you know, to to entrust me with the, the captaincy was was, was an honour. But you know, like any manager, you always want the, you, you spine your team to be strong. Uh, you know, you, you want to have you know good players in there as, as, as well as leaders who can uh, you know can you know keep it solid at the back, and you know you have that you have that bite in midfield or creativity in midfield, and then you've got you've got your, your goalkeeper at the back, but you've also got your, your kind of centre forward at the top who who is going to score your goals. So 
you know, I don't think it's too dissimilar to any any other manager where you want your, your spine your team to be strong. But you know, it was it was good for me to captain the club, you know, and like I said, Ryan entrusted. Uh, me with that that responsibility, you know, and uh, I thrived upon it. I thought when you came in, Mark, obviously, you know, the the club was in and around the relegation zone at the time, and I assume that the obviously the immediate aim was to stay up at all costs. What was the atmosphere like at the time? Well, you, you, you know, coming into a team where 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 they're the near the bottom of the league, it's always it's always difficult uh, because any 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 team who are in that position, you, you'd probably say are in there for a reason, and. Over over a period of time, you know, certainly early on in the season, it's a false position you're in. But you know, come to come towards the end of the season, if you're in around that relegation zone, it's probably warranted. You know, and with that brings you know pressure, uh, and and probably you know players not playing so well or or lack of form. So to, to come into a team, it was you know it was difficult and it was challenging. Uh, but you know, I, I, I was I was I was willing to do that and. You know, I, I was ready for the fight to come in and try and try and help us help us stay up. You know, it didn't didn't quite happen, but you know, certainly the atmosphere it, it wasn't a bad atmosphere with the players. But you probably cite it towards you know a bit of a lack lacking in confidence a little bit, and you know, not not fully confident with, with people struggling with form and what have you. But certainly the atmosphere in the dressing room, I, I, I found even from that early stage was was great. You know, the players were great. Uh, the, the fans were great as well, and, and the town of a, as a whole. One thing that really stood out to me during my time there is is how close knit the fans were, and you know it created a really really tight dressing room. Uh, you know, and even in them difficult moments and them difficult periods, you know the players always stuck together. You know, performances might not have always been there on the field, but certainly the players stuck together and and, and kind of looked after each other on the pitch. Uh, you you sort of mentioned obviously coming into the squad I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think you joined sort of I think February March time in that season so it's it's already quite late on um it, is it difficult joining a squad that sort of late on in the, in the day you know even though even though with the sort of in the position that they are and you know you're looking for sort of I guess somebody to come in and sort of help them out but is, is it hard joining a team at that stage yeah, I'd say so. Uh, but you know, I'd, I'd, looking back on it, you, you probably think that is the case. But you know, I, I, I was at a stage in my career where I just wanted to get out and play. So you know, it, I think I hoped I brought kind of an eagerness to play and and impress and perform. Like you said, there was, there's always challenges with that when you're coming into a team, which maybe lacking in a little bit of confidence uh, and, and not getting the results. You know, the the ones to be getting. Uh, so yeah, the, it has its difficulties, but I kind of, you know, looking back, I never, I never, I never looked upon that as a, as an issue. I never looked at the league table and thought, you know, I don't want to go there. I went, I went across and, and, and trained with the squad, and you know, spoke to, spoke to Brian, and you know, we chatted about how he, how he wanted to play and his role for me and things like that. And you know, I, I was more than happy to, you know, get started. I just wanted to get get going and, and, and play my football. So, you know, I kind of never really thought about that. And, you know, I just wanted to get get in there, get my boots on and, and, and try and help and, and play as much as I could. Ultimately, you know, the, the club was relegated at the end of the season. You know, what what was the, after we see the massive disappointment, what was the aim in the summer? You know, what was the kind of ethos and what was, what was, what was the plan moving forward? Well, I can always remember that. I come and, you know, I think, you know, the... The agent who did my deal at the time, you know, agents are much more apparent these days. But I had someone sorting the deal out for me. It wasn't, it wasn't anything major or like that. But I think I, I, I think I had a relegation clause in my contract. 
you know, like I said, there was nothing nothing from my point of view that I, I insisted on anything like that putting in. I think it was just kind of a standard thing, what was in there. And as I always remember, in the summer I was speaking to Russ Wilcox and he was saying, listen, he's going to stay and, and things like that. Even even though we've got relegated, he's going to stay. And like I said, my, my, my impressions of the dressing room, the, the, the management team and, and just the club, the feel of the club as a whole was... You know, enough for me to go. Yeah, don't even enter my mind. I'm, I'm not going. I'm going. I'm not going to look to jump ship and and go anywhere else. I've, I seem like I enjoy my time here. I enjoy the people. I enjoy, you know, the club as a whole, uh, which which is important. And when you get a feel for a club like that, I think it's important. You know, and I had I had no qualms about staying and and and, and trying to get the club back to, you know, get, get the club promoted in that season and, uh, and 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 try and work towards achieving that with with the manager and, and, and the other players. So, you know, the atmosphere was, was good and positive, you know, and I was I was more than happy to uh, try and play my part in that. Uh, so, obviously, in that summer, uh, then Chris Hope departs. Uh, and we've spoken to Chris before on here, you know, see a bit of a legend for Scunthorpe. Uh, I think he'd been there sort of, I think, six, seven years at the time, maybe. Uh, so, did you feel sort of pressure? Because essentially, you're having to fill that role really now, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Chris Hope for, for Scunthorpe United was fantastic. Uh, like you said, you can't ban that that, that word around Spurney. You know, he was he was a legend at that club, and you know, I think he, he played so many consecutive games or something like that. I can remember that being a stat what was going about for a bit, and they, and even after he left the club, he, you know, he, he was a player who never missed a game and, and things like that, and a real stalwart at the heart of the defence. Uh, did I feel any pressure? No, not really. I think you know when you're younger, you, you don't tend to feel pressure. I think pressure only comes when you get a little bit older. Uh, so I, I never felt no 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 pressure in that that department. You know the fact that you know I, I, I probably saw it as an opportunity more more so because when I first come into the club, you know I, I played played a few games in midfield and. If I'm honest, you know that that, that wasn't the position for me. Uh, I knew I was a centre back. I played my time at, at Leeds as a centre back growing up, and but I did progress into the first team at Leeds as a midfielder. So, you know, maybe Brian saw that in me when he first brought me in. But you know, I was adamant that I think it was the last game in the season before we got relegated. We played Burnley, and I played at the back. And you know, I think it, even Russ Wilcox after me then he said, "Yeah, you you were centre back." Uh, you could see in that game. So. You know, I, I saw it probably as an opportunity to to try and cement a position at centre back when uh, when Chris left. Uh, you know, obviously I didn't want him to leave because he was a, he was a great player, and I wanted to try and play alongside him. But I saw it as an opportunity to uh, you know to, to try and get a place at centre back and and cement that place for myself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, in terms of the, particularly actually during the time that you were with the club. Uh, the FA Cup and, and Cups in general seem to be a sort of real focus point for the club. You know, there's a couple of big ties in there. Uh, obviously, the Burnley one, which we'll chat about in a minute. But um, I think Brian Laws is basically saying that, you know, the budget basically depended on a decent cup run. Was that was it always a sort of big focus then in the dressing room? It was, yeah. And that's, you know, that's only more, you know, more so apparent as, as, as I've got older and moved into that kind of coaching and, and management side of, of things myself. As a player, you don't really see it like that. But, you know, when when you look back, that you know, Brian and his and, and his team or and coaching team always kind of put a real emphasis on that, and you you understand why. You know, when you see the amounts of money what's what's banded about in you know with with cup runs and things like that, and you know it was always a massive part of of what we had to do. And uh, you know, although although Brian never had actually come into the 
to the changing room and said those things. You know, it was always apparent that you know there was there's a real strong focus on the cups and uh, you know and like I said in my time there we managed to get some fantastic ties. Uh, you know, at the club and you know some 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 good results in there as well and and, and even ties where you probably didn't get the result and kind of the revenue what that that brought in was 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 massive for a club like Scunthorpe and you know the importance of that was 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 always i think probably like you said on 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 in the, in the mind of the manager probably not the players but certainly in the mind of the manager uh, but like you said we we managed to have some great great ties you know at Glanford Park and away from home as well uh, given that um, you know the financial expectations of the game weren't really at the forefront of your mind at the time, like how would you say the players prepared for the game mentally? As, as players, you want to you want to win in the FA Cup as well. Uh, you know, it's a it's a prestigious tournament where you want to you want to be in the draw. And I can always remember watching out, you know, for the draws coming up. Certainly, I think one year we we played. We played Carlisle, I think it was, and you know whoever whoever won that game got Leeds United, <laughs> you know. So it was, it was it was one of those things where it put extra emphasis on the game, just not 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 for any financial gain, but just for the prestige of of travelling forward into the club in, in the cup, sorry. And uh, you know that, that I can't really remember it being transmitted, but you know there, there there was a strong focus on you know us doing well in the cup for. For whatever reason, and obviously now, now you realise as you know, as I've gone into management and, and coaching that you know those financial factors are massive to a manager. It could affect his budget for the coming season and, and and things like that. And like you said, for bringing better players in or extra players in if needed, it can be vital. Uh, and then obviously one of those cup games is obviously the Burnley one, which obviously goes to replay as well. But talk us through some of your, your memories of that game. I remember one. I think we conceded late on at Burnley. When we played away. I think it was two. I think, I think well, it was. I think it was right in added time, wasn't it? And I think. I think yeah. it was something ridiculous, like ten minutes or something like that, wasn't it? Which it seemed to be no no need for that. Yeah, I, I think you know this day and age, you know, it, you'd be you'd be screaming. I'd be ranting and raving on a touchline if we were playing that that amount of stoppage time. But I can remember him scoring late, and you know, to, then we were taking him back to Glanford Park. And if I'm right in saying that. I think one of the games was was it one was called off due to a frozen pitch. One of the games, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was the FA Cup, uh, but I, I seem to remember one game getting called off. But then we, we obviously managed to uh, to win on penalties. I can't remember what score it was on penalties. I can just remember I didn't take a penalty anyway because it wasn't my forte <laughs> penalties. So uh, I can just remember us getting through, uh, which you know, and it was like I say, it was it, it, it was a good night. It was it, it was a good night to to get that victory and, and progress. And Tommy Evans though penalties he was he was pretty good with those. I always used to say to Tommy yeah we, we always used to say have you got, have you got a strategy what 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 you worked to and stuff like that and he'd never tell us he'd never mm-hmm. tell us it was uh, it, it was tight with everything Tommy his money and everything <laughs> and even his uh, even his goalkeeping secrets of what he used to do but it was. Uh, you know, he, he was an he was an excellent shot stopper. You know, and like you said, you go back to what you were saying before about having a spine of your team. And you know, certainly my time there uh, for, for, for long periods. You know, t- Tommy Evans was a was a real uh, stalwart in, in goal for us, and you know, you know helped us massively in uh, you know in, in games, and particularly that game with his penalty saves. 
and obviously, you know, we got through, didn't we? And we had Bolton in the next round. And I think that, you know, it must have been a, a pretty good experience, not only for the fans, but the players. Well, I think we took 6,000 to the Reebok, didn't we? You know, when people actually went to watch football in Bolton. So, you know, what was that like for an experience? <laughs> it was good. Like you said, you, you never like getting beat. Uh, and then it was it was difficult to, defeat to take. And, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I can remember looking back on that. I don't think I had my greatest of games. I think I was up against Holdsworth, uh, Dean Holdsworth there and, uh, it gave me a bit of a tough time, which I wasn't too pleased with at the time. And, you know, I was very, very disappointed in my own performance in that game. I can remember that. Uh, so, you know, when you when you talk about occasions, it, the, as, a, as, a, as a player, it gets soured a little bit, you know, when you when you feel like you haven't performed uh, to the standard what, what, what you expect. Uh, and, and that was the case for, for me on that day. Uh, but like I said, it was... You know, everything's, you know, the, the, the club do get revenue from that. And, you know, it, despite the defeat, they get the revenue from it. And, you know, it's an experience for the fans to go and support. And for us to have that many fans going going away from home was great. It's just a, sh- a shame, with, you know, we, 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 we couldn't progress in that in that particular round. You know, and like I said there, I was, I, I was a little bit disappointed with my own performance in that game. Hold us, uh, he managed to bag a hat-trick, didn't he? So I can imagine that was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, to have words myself after that. So it was. Uh, yeah, I want. I want. Like I said, I want to please, please with myself at that point. But uh, yeah, you have to. You have to get over these things, and you know, you have you have bad performances in your, in your career and stuff like that, and you you've got to try and learn from them, and that's what I try to do. And you know, like I said, it's. Uh, I, had, I had many many more better games. I hope as <laughs> come mm-hmm. up than I did have uh, like that game at Bolton. Uh, and then obviously if we, let's go back to the league for a second because we finished 10th that season the sort of 2000-2001 season uh, after yeah. the relegation the, the summer before what, uh, and then obviously the, the cup run we've just talked about what, what's the sort of feeling in terms of finishing in that position? Well it's, all, it's, all, it's always disappointing because you, you, you know I think we, we had expectations of, uh, of going back up you know and that, that's what ultimately every time you, you start the season Particularly with a team like Scunthorpe, who've been who've been in the league above, above as well, you know we we had expectations there as, as as a squad and as players to that we wanted to challenge and go back up, you know, and certainly me as a player and the players who we we brought in and and, and the team Brian created, you know, we we wanted to achieve that, and uh, you know to, to finish tenth, you know, it, it kind of wasn't wasn't acceptable. Uh, from our point of view as players and, and, and what have you but you know we uh, yeah ultimately I can't say anything more than that than it was disappointing you know we wanted to go back up and we, we couldn't quite achieve that even though we had you know cup runs within that season ultimately uh, you, you want to try and get promotion and obviously you know we, we move on to the next season don't we and I think you know Peter Beagley signs in the summer doesn't he obviously a pretty big coup for Scunthorpe you know he was knocking on a little bit but obviously had a massive reputation when he came um, you know what did he bring to the team apart from the obvious quality um, I remember watching Beagley's and it was always a pleasure um, yeah. what was your relationship relationship like with him at the time and what did he sort of bring to the team when he came in well it's, it's, it's like you said it's, it's, it was kind of a marquee signing wasn't it even though you know, Biggs was knocking on a bit. Uh, it, it, it was a bit of a marquee signing where he, he, he come in, and you know, I think I think the fans were lifted by it. Uh, even myself as a player, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect from him. Uh, we had pre-season. I can remember him finding pre-season really, really tough, <laughs> and he was it was a he was behind a little bit in the running. Uh, 
but as pre-season got on and when he come in, I kind of got to know him and, you know, we travelled in together as well. It's before I moved over into Scunthorpe, so I was still travelling in from Leeds and, you know, we travelled in together quite a bit. So we got to know each other really, really well. And, you know, certainly once he got on the pitch and once the ball come out, which, you know, kind of that's when, that's when Biggs come alive when, mm-hmm. when the ball was out. Uh, he, he showed what a fantastic, you know, what, what ability he had on the ball. Uh, I think Torps used to tear his hair out with him not <laughs> quite a few times because he used to chop and chop and come back, go on his left, go on his right, and Torps would be making his runs into the box, you know, pulling his hair out because he wanted the ball to be delivered and he'd be doing his uh, his bigger chop uh, to, to try and get away from the fullback. But <laughs> you know what what he brought to the team and you know was fantastic. You know the experience and. You know, leadership qualities as well. You know, I, I, I learned quite a bit of him. I think he was captain for a while as well. And, you know, I learned quite a lot of him uh, du- du- during his time there. Uh, you know, and yeah, like I said, he brought that excitement. I thought he brought that excitement to the crowd. You know, I think, you know, Scunthorpe as a club have always had players like that. You know, in, in my time there, they had Peter Beagre. You know, Lee Hodges was 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 another one. You know, I can remember listening to, I think Lee Lee's done a podcast with yourself. Am I right in saying that? That's right, and I was I was just going to bring that up actually, uh, because you talk about sort of excitement and things like that. One of the things that Lee was saying when we talked to him uh, was that you know the real sort of thing in the seasons, the real thing that the players would look for would be the whole game. Uh, and obviously, like we said at the beginning, that you know you you watch uh, you've seen Scunthorpe a little bit these seasons. We don't really have that sort of rivalry, I guess, anymore because it's you know it's been a long time since it's been in the same league with them, and it, it seems to have died down. But if you, if you can, just sort of what what were those those games against? whole like I guess in terms of for the fans for the players for the players I mean it got built up I mean, I mean even even before I moved into the town uh, and, and uh, Odgy used to stay there and I can remember like there used to be odd times I used to used to come across and stay over at Odgy's house or I used to stay in the hotel the night before a game because you know Leeds is only an hour away but I just wanted to try and prepare right and probably one of those games where I used to stay across was was the whole game because you know the build up to that was always was always intense and you could feel a you know a, a buzz about the town uh, regarding the game and you know there's nothing more than a player likes to play in is, is, is in a derby game and you know every, every player looks forward to a derby game uh, you know so there was always a buzz around the town there was always a, an expectation from the players that that you know you, you could feel it, it was different. You know, every every game you get you get prepared for every game. Of course you do, because you're professionals. But I don't know. There was just something different when when a derby game's coming round. There's just that excitement of you know I want to play. You know it's probably going to be a full house. Uh, you know, and, and like any player wants to play in in front of the biggest crowd they can. Uh, so yeah, there was always that excitement and that buzz. And uh, I, th- I think you know, looking back, I probably had had, had mixed. Uh, Derby's against Hull, you know, scoring and I think I got sent off in one as well for bringing down that last man and you know, so I've, I've had ups and downs in the derbies but you know there's certainly games that you know the fans look forward to and, and, and the players did as well. We obviously we were lucky enough to do the double over Hull that year weren't we and I think that we beat him 2-1 at home, what were your memories of that game? Uh, I, can, I can remember it just being frantic. That's one of the games I've stayed over in, I think. And I, I can remember it being really, really, really frantic. I can remember the the, the, uh, the crowd being really, really loud. Uh, you know, when it's it, it, it was it was just it's just one of them games. What you you know you want to win. Uh, 
sometimes would you sacrifice performance? We we used to be like, well, certainly I would, because I wanted to win that much. I mean, you know, like I said, you got a buzz from uh, the fans around the town, and and likewise, we we used to always go into the iron bar afterwards. I used to always make a point of trying to go in and and, and take players in and, and and speak to engage with fans. So you didn't want to be coming off the pitch and you know not making them happy, particularly in that in in that. Uh, in that derby game and we, we managed to do that at Glanford Park which was uh, really really pleasing and then obviously we've got the away game haven't we you know and obviously that was a, a little bit different kettle of fish and your free kick you know your, the immortal free kick against Hull I think you know most time fans will remember that I think I've seen it a few times on YouTube you know in, in like whatever it was half HD back then so you know what what was that like to play in because obviously it must have been what I'd say, you know was that highlight of your career uh, one of them. <laughs> well, 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 look, I didn't score many free kicks, and I don't think I've, I've not scored a free kick since. But uh, I, I can I, I look back on it now, and I've, I've got. The, I mean, it was before you know all social media and stuff like that, really, wasn't it? And I look back, I think I've. You can find it on YouTube, but the quality is not great. But one thing I can remember that game it was a terrible game as regards to the wind. I think the wind was blowing, blowing a gale and. You know, there was there was no, it wasn't conducive for good football or anything like that. I can just remember it being an absolute nightmare of a game and conditions to play, and it was awful. It was really, really awful. And uh, but like like I said, the atmosphere at Boothbury Park then was was great. There was loads of Scunthorpe fans there. Uh, like I said, I think we rode his luck at times a little bit. I think they hit the bar and had a couple of chances. Uh, and I, you know, looking back on it now, I can remember Oji was just getting kicked all over the park. It was ridiculous. It's getting kicked all over the park, and you know, I think I think there was Oji and Andy Dawson. I think Andy, Andy had had a couple of free kicks, and Oji might have had one. Uh, and it just got to the end of the game, and we got, we got one free kick at the end of the game. I noticed during the game that uh, Paul Musselwhite and Muzzy had become a teammate later on in, in, in my career there, and he. He kept standing on his post. And I just noticed it. And for some reason, I don't know why, I'd never worked on it before or anything like that. Never even got involved with taking the free kicks with, with Oji and Dorsey because they're such good players and, and Beegs really as well. But Beegs wasn't playing that game. And for some reason, I just got in and around it and I just said to the ref, can I have a quick free kick? He went, yeah. And I kind of hesitated. And you can still see on the video now, I hesitated and looked at Oji. And Oji just looked at me and went, go on then. And I, I just I just did it, and that was it. And you know, kind of a, for me and my moment in my career, it's, it's great. You know, and it's probably the only one I've only one I've got really as regards to scoring a goal like that. But you know, it's fantastic for me to have. And but as regards to the scenario leading up to it, there was no pre-planned things. It was just kind of me observing from afar that you know the goalkeeper was lining his wall up all the time, and now yeah, we're, we're not going to take advantage. So it's either. Either, either do or die it, with, with it being the last minute and you know I asked the referee can I take a quick one he said yeah and I think I, I stalled a little bit and you know Hodgie just gave me that nudge and said go on then and there you go put it in the back of the net and the obviously you mentioned it being the last minute and everything like that and obviously that leads to the celebration I think that's as memorable as uh, as the actual free kick well you get booked for that nowadays don't you taking your yeah. top off and uh, I just can remember they, they, they actually nearly scored directly from the kickoff because I was still getting my shirt back on <laughs> I, I can remember that and yeah they actually broke down the right hand side and uh, they nearly scored we, we, we give a corner away and I'm thinking imagine that imagine scoring the goal and then getting caught for not having your shirt back back on and, and stuff like that but we, we managed to hold out and uh, you know it was a 
it was a great win, and you know it made it made it all the better for 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 me to score the winner. You know, it's uh, as, a, as a defender who didn't score that many goals, and certainly as a defender who didn't score that many free kicks, it was uh, it was nice. Yeah, brilliant free kick. Uh, let let's move into the next season then. So two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, again, another sort of big player for Scunthorpe arrives, uh, and that's Cliff Byrne. And obviously, you two play a lot together. Uh, and I think you've said previously, you know how well you got on. But sort of, what what was that like with Cliff coming in, and then how you sort of evolved, I guess, working together, playing together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cliff coming in, we, we straight away we we kind of hit it off. Like you said, the, the, the dressing room at Scunthorpe was good, and it was very welcoming, welcoming to, to to new players. And you know, that was that was a, a trait even back when I signed. Like I said before, so there was no. Play- Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Cliff settling in. Uh, as regards to mine and Cliff's relationship, we got on really, really well because, you know, we've got similar similar mindsets with similar kind of players. You know, you know, I'm sure he won't mind me saying we were both never the most most gifted of players, but you know, we had a we had an attitude what was kind of you know pushes beyond what we could probably do on the football field, and our attitude got us got us a long way. Uh, you know, and, and Cliff went on to have some fantastic times there uh, at his time at Scunthorpe, which, 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 which was great, and achieved promotions and, and things like that, which was fantastic. And you know, I, n- I never doubted he would do that. Uh, but as regards to you know me and him playing together, I, th- I thought we we built up a great partnership for a couple of players who, who probably weren't you know massive six foot three centre backs. You know, were kind of relatively not small, but you know six foot players and. You know, there were no real dominating characters with regards to height and stuff like that. But what you did have with, with myself and Cliff, I hope, was two players who were fully committed and you know aggressive and wanted to play the wanted to play the game in the right way. And you know, we hit we hit that off straight away. And you know, we've you we, we, kind of our friendship got stronger. And you know, it always says a lot that when you when when you kind of move away from a club that you you still stay in contact with. With, uh, with with teammates because sometimes you, you can drift away, but we we never have done, and even now we, you know, we're close friends and, and we stay in contact all the time, and, and and we speak about football a lot. And obviously, you know, we we briefly spoke about the FA Cup third round, didn't we? And I think that you know it's, it's a pretty big one this season, is it? Because of, you know it's Cicelo and it's on TV and it's against Leeds, obviously a club you've got a massive affinity with. You know, how was the playing in a game like that? I think it must have been, you know, I'd be thrilled if it was me to be honest. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was. I, you know, it's, it's a game you're looking forward to. Like I said, I think we got to we beat Carlisle in the, in the round before, and I think they actually the Carlisle game was called off. So we actually knew who we were playing at the time the replay came. So it was extra special. 
as regards to we, we, I was like that to the boys, we must win that game. But it's not, never mind the money and stuff like that. We must win this game because I want to play against Leeds. Uh, so that was a that, that 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 was a great tie for myself personally and my family to do that. Uh, you know, funny story with that. I can remember you know when, when we did get the tie, going into the ticket office and uh, buying loads of tickets, and he kind of said. Uh, he said, I hope these tickets are all for Scunny fans and there's no Leeds fans. I went, I'm I'm, I'm from Leeds. I, all my family are Leeds fans. What are you talking about? Of course, mm-hmm. of course are Leeds fans, but they're coming to watch me. They're not coming to watch Leeds. <laughs> and it was a, a little bit of a joke that he was questioning, that, 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 you know, thinking I was buying buying tickets for Leeds fans. Well, it's my family. They're all Leeds fans, all from Leeds. Uh, so, you know, you know, but they're coming to support support me. But, uh you know, the, game, the, the game was good. The game was a tough game. Uh, you know, like I said, you can look back on it now and you can still find it on YouTube and, and get highlights and stuff like that and, and, and look at the game. And I've, you know, I've, I've watched it back since then. And, you know, we had, we had a go at Leeds and we put them under a little bit of pressure. And I can remember the atmosphere being really good. But then you, you, t- you take a look at the Leeds team, what was playing there. It was a fantastic team. Uh, and I think they ended up running out 2-0 winners uh, but you know the, the the team give it a, a good go, and like I said, to playing in front of uh, a full house at Gamford Park, where the atmosphere it was against, you know, the club where I'd, I'd grown up at and, and supported as a young boy, it was uh, it, it was it was a nice occasion. I think yeah, I, I seem to remember that a woman actually bought a, a ticket for a dog, and it was in the Scunthorpe Telegraph, if you can believe. It. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, they were sort after, you know what I mean? They were sort after them tickets were sort after, yeah, uh, but. You know, it was, it, it, it was a great occasion, and like I said, it was it was one of them fortunate cup ties that you know I, I, I was privileged to be uh, to be a part of during my time at Scunthorpe. We had a, we, we had we had a fair few good ties, so that was good. And just staying on that game, just for a second, I mean, you look at that lead squad. It's you know some big players in there. You know, Robinson, Viduka, Woodgate. You know, they're all playing, so they're, they're taking it very seriously. Well, massive, yeah. I think that, yeah, it was Terry Venables with the, with the manager at the time, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and you, you always see that. I mean, you don't you don't see it so much now, do you? The, the, the sizes of of squads in this day and age, are, you know, in that probably round, if that was if that was in this day and age now, that you know, they'd probably be playing a an under twenty three team or something like that. But you know, the you know the, the respect that Leeds afforded us at the time was was great to have them players: Kuehl, Viduka, Eric Backer, Woodgate, Paul Robinson, uh, Alan Smith was playing. It was a Fantastic, fantastic uh, game. I think James Milner actually played in that game. A, a really young James Milner. I think he might have only been 16, 17. If that, I, I can remember playing in that game. I think I'm nearly sure he did. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good occasion for the club. And like I said, disappointing not to get get the result. But we we, we, we give them a good go. And uh, you know, we, we, we rather unlike the Bolton game, I was I was a little bit more pleased with my my performance against against Leeds. And obviously, ultimately, you know, the season sort of like comes to a close, doesn't it? We, we get into the playoffs against Lincoln and, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest successes of the club while you were there. Yeah, not the game. <laughs> the, <laughs> achievement. <laughs> the, the, the achievement was, yeah, maybe not the game. Certain, well, certainly the first leg anyways. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of a strange one. Uh, but yeah, the, the achievement to get into the playoffs was good because that's what we're aiming for. Obviously, you, you, you aim for automatic, but... Yeah, that's the next best thing that you, you get into the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, we we, we just didn't do ourselves justice mm. in the first in the first leg. Uh, we just conceded too many too many sloppy goals, and it was a, it was a strange game. 
it's a strange game when we give ourselves a, an absolute mountain to climb uh, in, the, in, in the second leg. But I honestly say that you know we, we, we never thought that the game was dead. We never thought as players the game was dead. Uh, we just had, we just had a feeling that that we could do it. Obviously, you know we, we, we didn't do it at the time. But if you know you look, I look back on that game and I have done in the past. Uh, you know recently. You look back on it, and I think we started that game, and Andy Dawson had a, had a shot just wide, and we were, we just needed that first goal. We needed that first goal to go into, to kind of lift them and, and, and make them panic a little bit, and we, we just couldn't force that early pressure into, in, 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 force that pressure into a goal in the first stages of the game. And you know, as as the game went on, then they become more assured and a little bit more confident. But certainly in, in the early part parts of that game, they were rattled, and if we'd have managed to get a goal, then you know, it could have been different, but as a group of players, we never thought we were out of it, and we we, we felt we had a belief within ourselves to to go and do it. But we just couldn't, couldn't quite turn it around in that second leg. How difficult was the long ball to play against? Because I remember watching the game, and I just thought, you know, we're going to play Lincoln. It's going to be hoofball like for ninety minutes, isn't it? I think it, you know, even at the leg at Sinsel Bank, they they had the air raid siren going, didn't they? So yeah. Yeah, I mean that was always difficult to play against. Uh, but it's a type of football that was effective for them. Uh, uh, they, I can't remember they used to send centre halves up for throw-ins and stuff like that, or goal kicks. Uh, the way they used to line up, they used to have a goal kick in the centre half. Yeah, was it was it Ben Futcher? Ben Futcher, yeah. You know, Ben Futcher used to come up. So I had a few battles with him, but it was it was it was it was a difficult style to play against, uh, but an effective uh, effective style for that team. Uh, which 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 got them the result on the day. Uh, so you, you ne- never knock anybody who, uh, who who plays to their strengths. I would never do anyway. And you know they come out with a better team at the end of end of the two legs. So uh, you know again, good achievement to get there. But you know like anything, if you, it's all well and good getting there, but you've got to you've got to finish it off. And we didn't quite do it. So how does that sort of come then in the summer, uh, comparatively to the summer where you got relegated? You know, in terms of atmosphere and in terms of what laws are saying going into the next season. To, to, to lose a playoff or to lose a playoff semi-final, final, whatever it is, or to lose out like that on promotion is is, is very dejecting uh, to, to a team. You know, uh, would I say it's, as, it's not as bad as relegation? Probably, of course not, because the consequences are as. As bad, you know, when you get relegated, it can have bigger consequences to uh, the players, and not only the players, but the staff at the club and everything like that. And I've always said that, you know, club uh, Scunthorpe is a tight knit club, and you know, with a lot of good people around. And when a team gets relegated, it can have massive implications to to the staff at the club, uh, which 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 you do think about as as players as well. So, although the disappointment's not as much as that, you know, there is a, there is a, a a big part of you that is is really Projected and, and, and down after a defeat like that, but you know it's uh, it's important that you, like you said, you, you recover in the summer and uh, you, you try and rebuild and come back and, and, and go that one step better the next season. That, that that's what the aims were, of course, uh, for any team, and we we were no different. And then obviously, you know, Andy Dawson leaves, doesn't he? And he's it's another influential player to leave, and I think that you know. A player you've probably got a lot of respect for. What was that like to deal with? Well, you talk about we've talked we spoke about uh, Beegs's influence on the team. Uh, you know, Beegs was a ma- massive influence on the team, but the partnership him and Andy Dawson built up on that left hand side was, was was unplayable at times for the opposition. 
the connection they used to have and how they used to link with each other and understand each other's game was was fantastic. So that was a that was a massive blow for us. And you know, as as well as me getting on well with Andy, a teammate and a player, and like I said, a little bit like with Cliff, you know, we connected really really well with Andy, got on really well with him from day one, and still do at the, at the moment. Like I said, I still speak to Andy now. So to lose a player like that was a, was a big big blow. Uh, uh, but like, like you said, pl- pl- players come and players come and go in football. Uh, so you know you, you you have to move on quickly and, and you, you have to try and replace them and you know and, and, and build build a team to to, to get on without them because that's what happens in football. But it was a massive miss, a massive miss. Obviously, yeah, Dawson goes to Hull, doesn't he? And then, of course, we we play Hull, don't we? We beat him three one. I think, it, according to my notes, the first team to beat him in a competitive game at the KC. So obviously, that's a big coup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, obviously, like you said, it's, it's another whole derby where you managed to get a win, whether it be uh, at home, away, at the new stadium, or whatever it is. It's a it's, it's a derby win, and that's uh, that, that that's massive for the fans. Which, well, like I said before, all, all our players, all the players, were fully aware of that. You know, you do it for bragging rights, and you do it for bragging rights for the fans. And you know, as a as a result, what. What managed to uh, go in our favour and, and 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 get the result for the fans, but yeah, to to have that result at the KC uh, was was an added bonus as well. Uh, and then we talk about cup games, and then there's another one in that season uh, I, I, to the fourth round against Portsmouth this time, and you know Harry Redknapp managing at the time there. Yeah, yeah, another one. I think I, I travelled down on that. I, I was injured at the time in in that game. I was injured at the time. I struggled with a lot of injuries uh, in in that season. Uh, but yeah, another an, another good cup run, uh, and, and another big tie, uh, another chance to you know for the fans to go and experience a, a higher a higher league ground where you know there was going to be a big a big crowd and you know an, another fantastic experience for the players. Oh, you know, and then obviously a little bit later in the season, <clears throat> Brian's removed, isn't he, from a position, and then shortly reinstated in a, a little bit of a strange kind of series of events when Wharton returns to the club. Um, we've spoken to Laws about it, but what was it like from from the players' point of view? Confusing, very confusing. Yeah, it was a it was a confusing time with with, with what was going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's 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 the best way to describe it, without any of the words com- confusing. Uh, as, uh, and that, when that happens, sometimes in in the position you're in as well, it, it, it can be it can be uh, you know unsettling for the players, not knowing who's in charge, what's happening, this and that. There's always talk going on and things like that, and you know it was unsettling for the team. Uh, like you said, he come back in and. Managed to avoid it and, and, and stay in the league, which was which was vital because, like I said, you know, relegation within the team not only affects the team but it affects the club as well. Uh, so that was a big, a big period for Scunthorpe United. Do you think that whole situation did actually have an impact on the team then, even though it was only a relatively short period of time? It certainly affected the concentration of the players. Uh, did it ultimately affect you when you're on the pitch? Probably not. I'm saying because you're working with professional players here, you can have a lot of talk off the pitch. Does it disrupt preparation and stuff like that? Yes. But ultimately, you're going out on a pitch and you know it's 11 players against 11 players. So there's, there's certainly no distractions once you're on the pitch. Uh, but one thing it might have done is, 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 is lead, you know, disrupt the lead up to it and things like that, and you know just create that uncertainty, uncertainty around around the team at the time. 
but did it really affect performances? I don't. I, I won't like to say, but it wasn't it wasn't a great time. And like I said, it, 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 there was a lot of confusion going on, on at the club at that particular time. Yeah, obviously, we, we narrowly avoid relegation, don't we? But we've got a pretty strong squad, so it, it's just like you know, what's the reaction to that? And would you say that kind of the uncertainty earlier in the season contributes to kind of you know the the underperformance? Let's call it. I'd say so, yeah, yeah. And like anything, you, you, you get on a certain run in football. Uh, you, you know, you see teams get on a winning run, and, and winning becomes a habit. Certainly, when you're a team and, and, and you're on a losing streak, it becomes a habit as well, and it's a very, very difficult rut to get out of once you're in that. Uh, and, and, and when there's a lot of uncertainty going off, you know, going around off the field and. Uh, in, in, in the boardroom or the manager's position and things like that, it, do, it doesn't help. But, you know, you can get into a rut and it's, it's very difficult to get out. But that particular season for Scunthorpe to avoid relegation out, out, out of that league was, you know, was massive. It, it was really, really big. Uh, you know, and, and, and that was an achievement. And I think there was a, there was a sense of, hang on, we've got, we've got to try and build here and make sure, you know, we're not in that position again. And, you know, that's, that's what the club tried to do. Yeah, well, Steve Wharton said, you know, he, 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 there's a quote in there and he said it, it would never happen again. That was basically what he came out and said straight away. Uh, and then what, you know, so what, what's that summer like then in terms of that? Is is there a sort of change in relation to the, the season before? You know, what's sort of Brian saying going into the next one? He's got a lot of new players in and, and more experienced players as well. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just kind of reiterating that. I think, I think, you know, as a manager would do, after that, you know, he'd gone away and identify plays and identify what what he needed to obviously like the chairman said at the time for for Scunthorpe not to be in that position again and to be pushing to the top end of the table rather than the bottom. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, off the field work gone in, you know, probably more than normal to to ensure that as players, are you really privy to that? Not not really. No, you know, once the season ends. As players, because the, the, the season's that demanding, you know, whatever level you play, you play professional football, and the, the season is draining and demanding, not only physically on the body but on the mind as well. Uh, so you, you kind of want to get away, you want to be breaking. You know, that's a time of, of coaches and, and management teams to then do their real work and recruitment people to to ensure they get the right people in, uh, and that's where they. They, they do the, the crux of their work in that, in that close season. So I'm sure there's a lot of work went on uh, at that particular time. Of course, Andy Crosby comes in, doesn't he? And, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a very highly rated centre-back. And, it, do you know, do you feel this is kind of the start of the end of your time at the club? I think particularly at the, the, the time when I first come in, it was, it was kind of... Uh, I'd, struggled, I'd struggled a lot with injuries. You know, during my time at Scunthorpe, I, I kind of looked back on it and I had one major injury every, every, every season. But I look back and I still managed to play a high percentage of the games, uh, even even having that injury. Uh, and I'd, uh, I'd struggled more so that previous season with with injuries and, and, and things like that. But we're still looking forward to getting back in. Uh, as, as the season started, as the season went on, it kind of become apparent that you know it, it might have been you know the start of the end for me, like like you said and. I was I was a player who was who was club captain and obviously Andy come in and he had, I have to say he had he had great leadership skills yeah he, uh, he had a great stature about him to be at the heart of the defence and 
and, and, and work like that. So no, no comes in that, and you know I still continue my role as a club captain. Uh, but ultimately, a little bit like my time in Leeds, you have that taste and you, you want to play. Uh, you want to play football, uh, and you know I, I kind of never ever see myself as a never ever big headed or or that way. But I never see myself as someone who who, who happily sit on the bench. Certainly not at the age I was at as a young player, maybe. But once you get to a certain age and you've played a certain number of games, and you know. You, I certainly don't like sitting on the bench and I want to be a part of it and if I, if I was not going to be a part of it then you know it, it, inevitably it would be would be time for me to move on uh, but there was no, there was never no hard feelings or anything like that it kind of just naturally happened over a period of time and like I said I'd, I had struggled with injuries so you know as a manager and a coach myself now you need to you need to have players who are, who are going to be available to you all the time and you know with my kind of injury record at that particular time I was I was struggling to do that yeah so I guess that's that's sort of how that uh, the decisions for you to leave sort of happens uh but obviously you do you do continue playing you know you have a couple more clubs after that um with sort of Rochdale etc uh but obviously you'll have seen what happened with Scunthorpe sort of almost you know the sort of the years after the sort of 2006-7 uh, when we sort of, you know, go up from League One, a couple of years in Championship, etc. Uh, looking back now, do you do you sort of wish you'd, you'd stayed with the Iron, or do you think it was the right thing to do to move on? Honestly, you know, it, it was fantastic that the, the Scunthorpe had that success and things like that. And would I love to be in part of it? Of course I would, but do I think it was the right decision at that time for me to move on? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't change it. Would I like to be in part of that? Yes, of course I would. And because I think it's a fantastic club who, who was on the brink of, you know, getting success and, and we were nearly there. But at that particular time, I, need, I needed to play for my career. I needed to play, and, you know, and I dropped down to uh, to, to, to Kidderminster and I was there for, for 12 months and went straight in and, like I said, was, was captain of the team down there. And, you know, I, I needed to play football. Uh, you know, did, did I look back and think, I think I can't remember who it was. I think someone got injured at that particular time, and I was thinking to myself, if I'd just held on a little bit, I'd have probably been playing, <laughs> and I'd mm. probably end up finishing the season in a promotion-winning team. Uh, but like I said, at that particular time, it was the right decision. It was the right decision, uh, and uh, no one has that crystal ball in football uh, that you can look into and go, if only. And if, if you were to do that, you'd be uh, you'd be questioning the passion every tackle you missed or went for and stuff like that if you had a crystal ball but you can't do that at a particular time it's a right decision for me and, and my career to, to to get back playing after the, the kind of injuries I'd had but my, my time at school was fantastic and I loved every minute of it I think that's you're probably a, a fantastic place to end. Regarding your career at Scunthorpe, you know, I think quite a lot of um, Iron fans will, will taking a little bit of a trip down memory lane dur- throughout that. So I think we're going to move on to a few, just a few general questions to kind of come towards the end with, I think, Mark. So, um, you know, yeah. so, so what was your favourite moment with Scunthorpe United? I can't really put one on one particular performance or anything like that. So I'm, I'm going to have to say the goal. I'm going to have to say the mm. goal against Hull because I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll, I never did it again. Uh, it wasn't a, a regular occurrence. Uh, <laughs> I actually did it against uh, Billy Russell, who was a caretaker manager at Hull, who's now uh, my assistant coach at Leeds. So it's, it gives me something to wind him up with on a, on, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on occasions, on a daily basis. I mean, 
I think I think the uh, the footage comes out at least twice a year on Twitter, and I get I get tagged in on it like that, and I always uh, I always show Billy my screen on my phone just to say, oh, you remember that there? Uh, so it, all, <laughs> it, it always winds him up a little bit. Uh, so I'd have to say that was a was a good occasion, but you know, given the given the captaincy. Yeah. Uh, at Scunthorpe was was, was was a big time for me and a big occasion for me because you know I always see that as a, as a, as a big occasion that you know a manager has a trust in you and belief in you that you, you know you're going to go onto the pitch and and and, and be the voice for him uh, and, and lead the team he's putting out there you know and even as a coach and manager now myself you know I, 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 don't, I don't take it lightly when when I name name my captain. You know, I think it's vital, and I think it's a vital part of the team, and a big, big role and responsibility for a player. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. take it lightly. So, given the captaincy and 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 and, and being able to to captain the team was a, was was a great honour for me. And you know, I'd always cherish cherish that, and you know, thank Brian for for giving me that. So we've heard that you were quite a uh, superstitious player, marking your time. Um, can you shed any light on some of your pre-match rituals, perhaps? I used to have to. I used to have to uh, do five tuck jumps before before the game kicked off. So just before the whistle whistle blew, I used to, I used to do five tuck jumps because I was number five. Uh, a lot, a lot. I used to do a lot of weird things. I can remember once, uh, uh, and I still tell this story now. And it was actually the whole one of the whole games where I stayed over in a hotel in Scunthorpe, and uh, I must have got up for breakfast in the morning. I went down and and, and they had some little. Little, little toast rack. I had tea and toast. They had toast racks, and they had a little miniature teapot for me to have a pot of tea. And anyway, I had all that, and I played well, and we won the game. So next week, and I was staying at home, I'd, I'd gone out and I'd, I'd sat at the breakfast table at home, and I'm having these this little toast rack with a little pot of tea. And the missus at the time I said, what, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, just leave me be. I need to do it like this. I did it last week or in the last game, and I played well, so I'll be I'll be all right." So. Now, superstitions like that were at the forefront of, of my match prep at that particular time. And uh, as I got a little bit older, they started to get less and less and less. Uh, but yeah, I still do certain things as a coach now, uh, what, what I'm not going to share with you. But yeah, I'm, 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 a little, I'm still a little bit superstitious. So you know, you've said uh, lots of stories about pranks and practical jokes from some of the players. Can you tell about any of them? Can you tell us about any of them? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got quite, yeah, it's quite a few of them, yeah. Uh, uh, guy who I'm, 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 who's just actually moved near me in Leeds at the, at the minute, Richard Kell, he used to be part of many jokes uh, at, the, at, at the club. And, you know, it used to range from us. Uh, he never used to wear jeans until he joined Scunthorpe United. He'd never owned a pair of jeans in his life. <laughs> so he finally got his first pair when he came in our dressing room. And, you know, he used to come in in some dodgy gear. I think one time he, he come in like a silver a silver bomber jacket, and uh, <laughs> so we, we we'd gone out to train and we we're actually training where the training ground is now outside the ground. We we're training on that. But it used to be just a bit of grass, so we we're doing some. And uh, what we'd done before we'd come out to train, I didn't notice we'd, we'd put loads of like tape on it and and turned it into like a NASA space jacket because it looked like a NASA jacket. And uh, I think I think. Brian, Brian, Brian Laws, I think it was. He, he put it on and come out to training in this jacket. And what he said was an expensive jacket. He come out in this, and obviously had NASA on the back. And mm-hmm. rather than taking it in a fun way, Kells actually like a like a big kid just went and stormed in from training and stormed in. Yeah, so uh, that was that, that that was a prank. Who <laughs> and Kells used to be the butt of many. There was there was there was loads more. Probably 
and not and not fit to go on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, loads of practical should, jokes. You should yeah. have heard our last episode about Grimsby game, mate. Don't worry. Uh, goodness, <laughs> yeah, explicit content, definitely. Uh, let's go to the sort of uh, the present day now, because obviously you're currently the manager of the under 18s at Leeds. Uh, is so. Firstly, how did you sort of come about this role, and was the move into coaching something that you definitely always wanted to do? When I was at when I was at Scunthorpe, I uh, I was never never interested in coaching really. Uh, I went down the kind of fitness trainer route as I, as I, as I was coming towards the end of my time at Scunthorpe. I was getting injury hit and having a lot of injuries and stuff like that, and I was kind of having to think about what what's going to be next for me. What 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 if my career finishes? Because I was getting a lot of injuries, so I was interested in uh, kind of the sports science, the, the fitness trainer side of it, and. It was only when I went down to Kidderminster and I had a little bit of time down there that got, I got doing a little bit of coaching and, and started going through my badges and kind of worked up from there. And I kind of got the bug from there on. And obviously when I went into, uh, I went I went from Kidderminster to Rochdale and again, another bad injury on my debut. Uh, I just got more and more into it and started working through my badges and I went to uh, to play semi-professional at Farsley, a club in Leeds near where I live. Uh, and, and and kind of my role within that uh, was, was was coaching as well, not with the not with the team, but kind of in the community. Uh, and so I kind of built built up there and kind of went into the player player coach role there at Farsley with the first team and an assistant manager and things like that. And it just kind of built from there uh, to the head of football at Leeds City College, where I was in charge of the whole football program there. Uh, to, to 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 getting an opportunity to. to to, to go back in at Leeds as as kind of the youth development phase coach under under Paul Hart who brought me through, uh, you know so that was that was a good opportunity in 2015 I think it was uh, yeah 2015 uh, I went in there and I, you know I, I was in that role for about eight months before being moved up to the uh, to the under 18s where I've been ever since so you know it's, it's something I've always been passionate about since probably you know just after leaving Scunthorpe uh, and you know like anything it takes time and to build your trade and and to learn your stuff and you know that's what I'm doing now and I'm having you know I'm having a good time at the minute and you know getting better and better and you know I've got you know next stage of my career now is to to get as high as I can in in the coaching and, and, and management world. Obviously, you know, it's going to talk you now at the moment. We've got a, you know, a real big focus on the, the under 23s. It's it's something the chairman's spoken about, you know, quite a lot. And I think that, you know, um, it's obviously really important for a club our size to kind of bring our own players through to the first team and be more sustainable rather than, you know, bringing in, in players on really big wages that we probably can't sustain. So, you know, how hard is it to get these players to integrate into the first team? Yes, I mean, it, 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 it's difficult, of course it is. And, and you know, Scunthorpe have got a track record, record for that, you know. with I can remember my time as a player there and Paul Wilson bringing the, bringing the likes of Nathan Stanton, Lee Ridley, Wayne Graves, Scott Brough, Jamie McComb, Andy Butler. I mean, and, and, and there were many, many more. Uh, you know, I still, 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 still see Paul Wilson now and he's good friends with Billy Russell and, you know what a fantastic achievement that was. So, you know the the club actually at the minute, Scunthorpe United, they've got a history of bringing young players through, and you know I'm sure they want to get back to doing that to obviously get players in the team as well. But there's there's financial rewards now for 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 kind of lower level clubs to get young players in and and, and get them up to speed and get them playing well within the team because you know the, the bigger clubs are. Are looking around the lower leagues now for you know the next Jamie Vardy or something like that who can 
it can progress up and you know obviously with that begin brings a financial financial gain for the club so it works twofold really if you get it right and you can bring the young players in then obviously if they're good enough and, and they're ready to play they're going to affect your team so they're going to they're going to make the team better and also if you know if you want to be that kind of club where you you might you might have a prized asset or a few prized assets and you know and and, and you can afford to sell one of them it it, it brings in kind of needed revenue as well uh, so you know the, 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 there's a big plus to to investing in the youth at, at any football club, but it is really really difficult to get the players and to get them ready and up to speed to come and uh, you know kind of cut it in the in the real world of football you know at the different levels. Uh, so it is challenging, but it is doable and you know it's you know, you know I'm I'm fortunate now to be to be working at a, working at a club who've again have got a massive massive history of bringing young players through. You know, and we've been really, really successful over over recent years and, and many years. And the time I've been there as well, that I've been able to be part of, you know, some of these young players' development and you know, seeing them going to the first team now and being in and around the first team squad when they're challenging at the top top of the championship is is, is great for me. So you know, that goes for any coach at any level. You know, it'll be it'll be Russ the, the other night when they played at Swindon. I think mm-hmm. it was 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 a, a lot of young players playing. Yeah, that's right. Players. So for 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 Russ to be working with them players, you know, during the season, and then to be able to put them in the team and have the confidence to put them in the team, because you know, from what I read, the young players did themselves proud within mm. that game against a, against a good team. Uh, so for him to see them players coming in and performing is uh, will, will be really really pleasing for him. And it goes to you know, like we said earlier in the conversation, uh, you know, what will Russ bring? Well, he'll, he'll bring that familiarity with with the players, you know, he'll know the players and they'll trust him, you know, and that, that helps them bed into the team a lot, lot easier. Uh, you mentioned uh, just before then that obviously one of your ambition is to sort of get as, as high as you can then as, as a coach. Uh, we've had, when we when we said we were doing this episode, you know, obviously we get lots of questions sent in that we've sort of integrated throughout this episode. Uh, but one that was frequently asked was that obviously Hurst has gone, uh, Wilcox at the minute is temporary charge, so we do have a manager's job at the available. available. Is that something that would interest you now or in the future? Well, certainly in the future, you know, since being announced, Russ is there till the end of the season. So the club has got its manager now till the end of the season. Would it be something I'm looking to do in the future? 100%. Yeah, that's that's what I want to do. It's something I, I, I feel I can work towards. I am working towards through my qualifications and that's what I'm spending my time doing. Uh, am, I, am I enjoying my time at Leeds now and, and being part of that journey? Yes. And, you know, every day you're at a club where, you know, you've got a manager... In the, in, in the statue of Marcelo Bielsa and, and you know, you can observe in close quarters what goes on there and, and be part of that, then it's it's only beneficial for me as a as a coach, as a uh, as a player developer, as, as a potential manager in the future to learn from it and observe from, from the from the world's best really. Uh, so that's all I'm trying to do at the minute. You know, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to improve myself every day. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to work with the players I'm working with and, and get them to the next level. Uh, but you know, in, in the coaching world, that's that's what you've got to try and do. Take take everything you can from every moment. Uh, like like I always say to the players, you can't waste a moment. And I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to do that now. As in, in my coaching development, I'm trying to I'm trying to gain every little bit of experience I can. Uh, that's why it's really good for me to come over and do. And, and watch as many games as I can. You know, I, I'm, mm. I'm lucky enough to be able to tie that in with with Radio Humberside and 
and come and do the games. But for me to come and watch games and observe and learn and and things like that. I mean, I, I go back to the Grimsby game where uh, I did the radio and Scunthorpe won over at Grimsby and the tactical change from Paul Hurst was fantastic and that got on the goal straight away. So you're watching from the crowd and you say that tactical change from a manager there at that particular time was vital. Uh, so, so to learn things like that and 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 continue to develop, it's 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 what what I'm trying to do. And you know, if you never know what opportunity comes around the corner, and like you say, I, I had an opportunity to 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 leave Scunthorpe to go and get games, and I had to take it. You never know what's around the corner in football, and you know, you just got to assess those opportunities when they come, and and see whether they're right for you, and and whether they can help, and and you can have success and and move your career forward. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking to do. But, you know, it's something I want to do, yes. When it'll come, I don't know. Uh, but every day I'm just trying to get better and better and get more experience. So hopefully when, and if it does, then I'm I'm, I'm really, really prepared for it. And I think that's a that's a good place to end on, actually. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. I think it's, it's been a really good episode. Yeah, cheers. It's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been really enjoyable catching up and, uh, you know, reminiscing sometimes. I'm just... Sorry, I couldn't tell you some of some of the stories. What you know, the, yeah. the, the kind of pranks what we did. But you know, like I said, it probably won't it won't, it won't for a podcast. Uh, we'll get shut down. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, thank yes. That's great. Thank you so much. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this. Um, as ever, like, share, subscribe, retweet. Uh, we'll be back for the regular episodes, and there'll be another in conversation very soon. So thanks to Mark, and thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.